Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself an example of those who believe. Until I come, give your attention to the public reading, to exhortation and teaching. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was granted to you through words of prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them, so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching. Persevere in these things, for as you do this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. If you didn't already recognize it, that was from the first letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young leader named Timothy. You can read the exact passage in chapter 4. Though his message appeals directly to young people, I believe that what he instructs Timothy applies to all of us, whether we are new to ministry or if it has been a part of our rhythm for decades. Take pain in these things. Be absorbed in them. The approach of being absorbed is the subject of our podcast here today. Welcome to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. I hope you all are doing well. Today I'm flying solo, but don't be alarmed. We will continue to have guests on the podcast. We have been blessed to have so many wonderful people join us over the last few months, and we have plenty more to come. I just want to say how grateful I am to all of you who have reached out about the podcast and shared with me how it has had an impact on your life. That is the only reason that I'm doing this, so it really is invigorating to hear. If this podcast has blessed you, please don't keep it to yourself, but share it with a friend. We will continue to have weekly content as long as you all are listening. And my last request before we dive into this episode, it would be great if you could rate and review the show where you listen to it, especially those of you who listen weekly because it helps people find the show as well as get an idea of what it's about. Thank you in advance for doing that. Now, let's talk about what I mean by being absorbed. listening to a podcast a few months ago where they had on this guy called Tim Glover. His claim to fame is that he was the personal coach of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and a number of other highly successful athletes. He dispels his mental philosophy in a book entitled Relentless. When I heard about him, I went out and ordered Relentless on Audible. I do want to pause here and say that I do not recommend the book. It has a bit of language in it and the overall mentality that you have to have in order to be what he calls a cleaner is not an approach that a Christian can take towards life and still be called a Christian. That being said, I found it fascinating to hear the mental approach that he felt you needed to take in order to achieve greatness. This is how he describes the relentless mentality of people like Michael Jordan, the world-famous basketball player that won six NBA championships during his career and is considered by many to be the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. He says, Being relentless means demanding more of yourself than anyone else could ever demand of you. Knowing that every time you stop, you can still do more. You must do more. There was no one constantly looking over Michael Jordan's shoulder telling him to practice forcing him to get better even though he was already the best. 
At some point, guys like MJ and Kobe Bryant had to decide if the pursuit was worth the price they would have to pay. The first line of the passage we read at the beginning of this episode from the letter written by the Apostle Paul to the young leader named Timothy is quite familiar to many of you who have been in church for a while, especially if you were a young person in church. Let no one look down on your youth. Let no one despise your youth. That passage is preached at countless youth services and camps, encouraging young people to step out and be used by God. I also think that youth can apply to those who may be new in their faith, those who are just learning and growing in their knowledge of God. Don't let anyone look down on your youth or lack of experience, because you have been called by God, and He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your life today. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that God has a plan for your life, and He has a purpose for you to fulfill today. Not necessarily tomorrow. Yes, He has a plan for your tomorrow, but there is a purpose for you to fulfill today. Don't sit around waiting to grow older or to learn more, but God has something for you to do today. And with all that said, letting no one look down on your youthfulness, that phrase that Paul, that, that uh, message that he is trying to convey to Timothy, all of that rests on the remainder of this verse. It would be nearly impossible for the people that Timothy is interacting with to not look down on him if he spoke terribly, conducted himself poorly, did not love, had a lack of faith, and was living in sin. Paul is saying, Timothy, you are young and you may be inexperienced, but that doesn't matter if you take care of the other stuff. In your speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. I want to challenge you, if you feel the call of God on your life, be an example to those around you. Be an example to those around you in the church and outside the church. Be that living epistle read by those around you, and when they see how you behave, they will know that you have come in con- they have come in contact with someone who is different. Show the love of God through how you talk, in person and online. Don't buy into the idea that uh, you can be one way in real life, quote-unquote, and another way online. It's all real life. It's all real life. You're online, you, you are you, right? It's all real life. So we need to conduct ourselves accordingly, whether in person or online. We can't be one way to someone's face and then completely different when we're online, you know, bagging a politician or somebody like that. But we need to show uh, the goodness of God. We need to conduct ourselves properly, both in person and online. Carry yourself like someone who has been chosen by God. Be faithful and compassionate. Keep yourself pure. Pursue after these things, and your age won't matter. Your lack of experience will fade into the background. And I believe this is tremendous advice for all Christians. No matter how long you have been walking with God or in ministry, make sure that you are aware of how you are conducting yourself. Make sure that you are aware of how you are coming across to other people, the way that you are living your life. Paul gives further instruction to Timothy. He says, 
give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. This applies both to those who feel a call to pulpit ministry, but also to all of us who have been called to make disciples. First, he says that we need to give attention to the public reading of Scripture. Now, I stress that because over here in Australia, I'm not sure what it's like all over the world. I know in America, uh, everyone, everything's been open up for quite some time. But here in Australia, especially in Sydney and in Melbourne, restrictions are lifting in these different areas. We're now allowed to go back to service for the first time in quite some time. And so those of you who are, are, have done away with restrictions for a long time, you know, you just have to excuse me for a moment while I talk to my listeners who live in Sydney and Melbourne. Now that restrictions are beginning to lift, you need to make sure that you find yourself in the house of God anytime you can be there. Hear the word of God preached. Feel the presence of God and respond to it. In Sydney, we just had our second week of in-person services since the end of June. And the moving in the spirit during the worship and altar calls has been so refreshing. I just stand there and sort of bask in it, feeling the presence of God while others are praying and worshiping to God together. If you are able to gather, I encourage you to not miss out on what can happen in a public gathering. Second, he talks about growing in your ability to communicate the gospel. And before you skip over this because you don't feel the quote-unquote call to preach, we all must know how to teach the Word of God. We all must learn how to communicate the gospel. The Apostle Peter said that we need to always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. It is our responsibility to know what we believe. Nobody gets a free pass. Nobody. We have all been called to make disciples. And so we need to know why it is that we believe what we believe. We have a responsibility. We need to be able to give an account of the hope that is in us. We need to be able to explain what we believe, to share the gospel. So I encourage you to read books and to study. Grow your knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. Learn about theology and apologetics. Dig into the scripture and study it for yourself. Get involved in Bible studies. If you don't feel confident enough to teach just yet, you know, if you're just coming to God and you're just growing, or you're young and, and you're not so confident in teaching a Bible study yet, ask someone if you can join them who is teaching a Bible study and learn from them. Grow in your ability to communicate the gospel. And I want to finish up this episode with this challenge from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. He writes this, he says, Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Paul encourages Timothy to be absorbed in these things, to focus on them, to pursue after them. And over time, your progress and development will be evident to everyone. Over time, your progress and development will be evident. Everyone will know how much you've grown. Everyone will know how capable you are becoming. 
because of your pursuit after these things. If you'd known me for any amount of time, you know that I love long-distance running. I consistently use it as an example in my teaching. I teach New Life Journey at our church, at my local church, and I consistently use it as an example in my teaching. I think I'm on good ground, though, because the writer of Hebrews, he uses running as an example when he said, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are a few other times where writers in the Bible use running or a race as an illustration, but my personal favorite comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and it says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore I run, Paul saying this, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. I just, I love that passage. I absolutely love it. But my point is, is that running is a great example for our Christian life. You don't wake up one day and run a marathon without preparation, but you can wake up one day and decide that you will run a marathon and you will accomplish that feat if you put in the daily work necessary to do so. They actually have plans out there for people to go from not running all, they call it a couch to marathon. They go from not running at all to running a marathon in six months, but it takes dedication. It takes a daily commitment to the goal, to run the race. The only way that you can run further or faster is through consistent training over time. There's no other way. You're not going to get any faster. You're not going to run any further without consistent training over time. Listen to this quote. I, I, I really uh, enjoy this quote from the book Relentless. He says, do the work. Every day, you have to do something you don't want to do. Every day. Challenge yourself to be uncomfortable. Push past the apathy and laziness and fear. Otherwise, the next day, you're going to have to do two things you don't want to do. Then three and four and five. And pretty soon, you can't even get back to the first thing. And then all you can do is beat yourself up for the mess you've created. And now you've got a mental barrier to go along with the physical barriers. Obviously, he's talking about developing a physical skill, but the same can be said of the development of your spiritual life. How many times have you made a commitment to uh, start going deeper in your prayer time and, and having a stronger prayer life, and you put it off a day, and then you put it off another day, and you put it off another day, and then now you come to church on Sunday and you feel guilty because the commitment you made the previous week you haven't held up to and you're apologizing to God because you didn't start you know, praying every day and then you make that commitment and it's just this perpetual thing that goes on and on and on. The only way you develop a prayer life is by starting one. That's the only way to do it. The only way you develop a prayer life is by starting one. The only way you grow in your knowledge of God's word is through study. The only way to become a stronger Christian is through daily 
disciplines. I know this is super basic, but it is the truth. It's the only way. You have to be absorbed by it. It has to be something that you are committed to. It must be the focus of your life to be an example to those who are around you. And when you do that, your progress, your growth will be evident to everyone you come in contact with. If we have learned nothing else from the guests that I have had on this podcast, it is this. No one becomes a great man or woman of God by accident. No one becomes a great man or woman of God overnight just by accident. Just like no one becomes a great basketball player, a great doctor, a skilled lawyer or builder by accident. It takes diligence. It takes effort. It takes being absorbed in becoming a better Christian. If you want to be a great man or woman of God, it's going to take effort. It's going to take being absorbed in the things of God. It takes being committed to your prayer life, being committed to studying the Word of God. And over time, that builds a wonderful foundation And then there's no telling what God can and will do in your life. So where does all of this lead us? The Apostle Paul says at the conclusion of this section that he's writing to Timothy, he says that when you pay close attention to yourself and to the teaching, when you persevere in these things, when you persevere in the process, you will save both yourself, and those who hear you. In the process of persevering, in the process of paying close attention to yourself and to the teaching, in the process of focusing on these things, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. When you are absorbed in the things of God, when you commit yourself to daily spiritual disciplines, not only will you be saved, But through the message of your life, through the knowledge that you gain and how you grow in your walk with God, others will come to know Christ. In short, you won't be going to heaven alone, but you will be taking someone with you. And that's the most amazing thing that you can do in this life, is impact someone's eternity forever.